everyone, and welcome to A Nightmare on Fear Street. A monstrous podcast about all things horror. If you like what you hear today, then you can follow us on all of the usual socials or subscribe to our Patreon for bonus content and merch. You can find all of that by visiting us at allmylinks.com backslash A Nightmare on Fear Street or in our episode descriptions wherever you're listening to this podcast at. All right, everyone. Today we're covering the old ways with Nelson Diaz Mercano. Welcome, Nelson. Yay. <laughs> Hi. No, like I was saying, um, I'm excited to have you here because, like, we we tried to get you on. I think it was last year, but you were busy because, like, you're a pop and playwright, and you also had a baby, and those are like good reasons yeah. to like be like, I can't do your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know, but at the same time, I, I still resent my baby for that. I still resent my. Baby for that. <laughs> uh, I can't believe he did that to me, but he decided to just ruin my life that day. So. <laughs> Well, hey, you think, that, you think here, horror right? movies are scary? Just, <laughs> you think horror movies are scary? Try Parenthood. It's insane. They give you this living thing. They tell you, take care of it. And there's no manual. They just bring you this thing. <laughs> <laughs> Horrifying. <laughs> Reasons why we have not done that yet. Uh, <laughs> I, I <weren't laughs> all. Maybe yet. Yeah. My plant just died, so I know I'm not supposed to have a baby. Like, that's not my ministry. <laughs> my succulent is going to be dumped out when I get back home because he's like, I'm done. I'm trying. <laughs> I'm so tired. <laughs> I did everything I could, but death is the only choice now. Right? Yeah. <laughs> he's like, I fought as long as I could. <laughs> I, tried. Just, I gave it my best shot, you right? know? Poor Seymour. Uh, <laughs> I, I am also really happy that Nelson's here because, like, we usually get, like, a bomb-ass playwright once a season, which I love as a writer. Oh, <laughs> and so, like, you are our bomb-ass playwright <laughs> this season. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, I'm just a bomb-ass playwright. <laughs> You've made yeah, it. I'm really, I mean, like, yes. I mean, the best part is, like, I love horror, and I speak horror much in my life uh so this is a dream uh to be able to just talk horror movie for an hour or two it's great listen you'll be back now that baby's here because what <laughs> yeah. <gonna> be back. <laughs> exactly. yep. yeah. all right but before we get into the old ways we're gonna get to know nelson a little bit so this is his first time on the pod number one nelson what's your favorite scary movie this is such a hard question. If you knew it me, is. you don't know what you did to me by asking me that question. Like, <laughs> I'm one of those people that have lists, and the list changed per year. I got points. I got spreadsheets about these things. <laughs> so the Oscars, horror movies, it's insane. So when you ask me this, it's an existential crisis for me. I'm going to... <laughs> this is really hard. I was going to say this thing, because I really love that thing. So good. Um, I... I think the idea of not it's just not trusting anybody, but just the idea of cosmic horror in general, uh, it's always fascinated me. Besides, you know, the basis being Lovecraftian, which nobody needs to talk about him. Um, Listen. <laughs> Listen. But the terrifying part about, like, these godlike things, tentacle-wielding shit, being your friends, and then not only you have to deal with your friend dying, but then now you have to kill your friend. Uh, but also, I mean, besides, you know, all the deep shit that we can talk about the thing, that's the part that's scary to me. And it always was scary to me. 
Yeah. Yeah. No, like it's one of my favorite John Carpenters. I mean, nothing's better than the original Halloween, but the thing is like, I want to get real close. And I'm like, ooh, that's a double feature. What? I was gonna choose Halloween, but like this last Halloween just takes points from it. I'm it's starting it's starting to be like the the, every new Halloween is starting to take points off. (laughs) (laughs) Halloween ends, it's called Halloween ends because I wanted to end the franchise for all the wrong reasons. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's gonna end our memories. Like, it's gonna end the relationship with Michael you know, Myers. <laughs> this is a piece of it is over. Right? It's like y'all really need to go home. Y'all really need to stop. <laughs> Halloween intervention will be the next yeah. one. <laughs> like, why is anybody living in Townsville? Why is anybody living in this town? Every time, every like few years, he comes and kills everybody else. So it's like, why, why are you staying? You, he, the tagline is literally the night he came home. He comes home every year on that night. Why are we not vacationing in October? Why are we- <laughs> yeah, people? People go on Halloween. This is this is how you know. This is what you know. Right. Like, this is a white neighborhood. I'll be like, Mm-mm. <laughs> right. if they tell me this man, is killing us, yeah, no. It's if like there's a man killing people outside. <laughs> hmm? Halloween every Halloween, and you're like, get the kids ready to trick or treat. I'm like, are you serious? What are you on? Like, why, are you, why are you not wearing a machete in your hand? Right? Like, wh- what are I'll these be bringing? I'll be like, just going around like this. <laughs> right? I'll be having a machete just in case it's beside me. I would, I would not be in Haddonfield. I would have moved the first one or two times he killed people on Halloween because you know what I am—a <laughs> survivor. <laughs> yes. This is why we don't buy houses nowadays. Because serial killers no. and horror movies. Listen, if Haddonfield was a town of like black and brown people, the first movie would have been the last movie. What we would have been like? What happened next door? Yeah. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> it would be Michael Myers just walking around the street looking at houses. Nobody out. What's up? Right? Nobody He's wants like, to come Nobody out? in this town. Like, <laughs> nope, never saw nothing. Everybody's in the window like, oh, he's just the eyes in the window like, what's up? Is he still right? there? <laughs> <laughs> like, some camp in the floor. He may be, he might pick it up and leave. Right. <laughs> it's like there's like a little basket outside. It's like, take what you want and go, Michael. Go. <laughs> <laughs> just Michael. Just Michael. Lori lives on that street now, Michael. She moved three blocks <laughs> over. You want her. What? Yep. <laughs> no, just trees, no tricks, Michael. Just get out. We don't want you here. <laughs> but that's why Halloween wasn't my number one. It was because Halloween and two points. Halloween. Yeah. It, it did it Sally. bad. It did it so bad. Like, I, just, I, I don't even know where to start. I don't even know where to start. I I feel betrayed. Oh. <laughs> we just started with, with it shouldn't have started. This, this thing should have just ended. Why bring Jamie Lee Curtis again to do this to her? Right? <laughs> Poor Jamie Lee Curtis. <laughs> like they She's knew like, that she was broke. She must have been broke to say yes. Listen, she was like, I'm going to do this last movie and I'm going to retire on that Activia money and I will not touch this franchise again. And you know what? Good for her. Activia. You know, get your but I remember when she said that for H2O back in the day and I saw her, as I said, with a machete, take Michael's head. And yet here we are with three more movies, and let's not forget the two Rob Zombie movies. 
Oh, I try to forget those. Uh, <laughs> and resurrection. Don't for, don't leave that resurrection now. There was that. Yes, my, oh, no, no resurrection. Is that the one we both? Tyra, 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 Tyra tried Buster to smile. Busta Rhymes. Busta Rhymes, Karate Chop, Michael Myers. And that's why that yeah. exists. So we can have that. <laughs> With that, it does get some points. Because anything that has Busta Rhymes, Karate Chop, and Michael Myers does get points for me. So <laughs> He was like, he was like, what did LL Cool J do in H two O? I'm gonna do something better. Yeah. <laughs> Let me fight Michael. What? I'm gonna just be Robert that fights Michael and beats Michael. I, I don't have seen that movie. Why if Leprechaun went to the hood? Why did Michael never go? Because Michael better. know he went last. Yeah, he was like, I know better. Mm -mm. Michael's smarter than the Leprechaun. That's how Halloween yeah, really is. Michael, Michael goes to the wrong street. Yeah. <laughs> you imagine Michael going to the Corner sent to look at some of them mad. Yeah, I'll get lit up real quick. That's it. That's it for Michael. That's it. Yeah, there like, it is. I had to fill up in somewhere. Listen, Halloween kills would have been much different because Michael would have stayed down. <laughs> Michael would have stayed down. We would not have a third yeah. in this trilogy. Michael would have been like, oh, no, I'm just. Like, oh, he's standing up. Put him again. Right? Right? How do you love Michael? Yeah, like, Wait, what, what wrong turn? <laughs> How you let Michael Myers run through your whole town and then like the next movie get beat up by a kid who's being bullied by band kids? Like, <laughs> like he jacked him for his mask. And I'm like, this is not my Michael Myers. Please stop. What? <laughs> Please stop. No. <laughs> yeah. It, 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 and Michael Myers was eating that person right in front of me. Mm-hmm. It was a thing. Well, so Nelson, what is your favorite <laughs> subgenre? Or do you have one? Or do you have multiple? You see, this is the kind of question again, existential threat right here. Um, at the moment, at the moment, hold you to it as I well. Say, I, I, I just went to the face of the cosmic horror face and all that. I went into that right now. I love just the idea of Eldritch, all about you know, yeah, like the universe is so vast and so horrifying and driving us crazy because I also like the counteractive that there has to be out there something so beautiful and so incredible that it will like. That is the, the thing against cosmic horror, but that means that cosmic horror still has to exist. And like one of the things that I love about cosmic horror is that while the slasher is all in desperation and running away, and like there's so many others, like zombies that is about the end of the world, cosmic horror is like there's nowhere to go. And that is an understanding. I feel like that is the most horrifying thing that you can give me. If you tell me this is a great path, but there's no ending to the path. There's no goal, there's no nothing. You're little you're important what man and it's so based on like you know white supremacy and the idea of like that us as brown and black people are so small against the colonial the the colony and the the colonizer that we can fight back uh so that's why i love it is i think there is so much to pick once it finally gets off the shadow of lovecraft and it starts kind of like which is starting to finally do it. Yeah. Um, I think Cosmic Horror will like really, really go out there. I, I prefer movies, video games, everything. Like it's just, I want myself to really question why I'm still alive at the end of horror. And Cosmic yes. Horror gives me that. 
Yes. No, like I, I've been getting into it a little bit more lately because it wasn't like my old bag as a kid because I was out like slashers. But like Cosmic Heart, there's something there. And that's not just like all the purple because that's pretty, yeah. Okay. But like, <laughs> it's like you were saying, it's like, this is dread. This is, these are big questions I don't want to think about. I came here to have a good time. And now I'm like, oh no. <laughs> I have a small <laughs> amount of time on this planet with all these other people. Yeah, oh yeah. no. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. He's like, you mean to tell me there's beings out there that look like mountains? But why am I here? Why you make me when those things <laughs> right? exist? Like, right? What is on these other planets? And can I go? Because I'm over this one. <laughs> yeah. Well, they adopt me. Right? Yeah, well, this girl, like, I... like, he's got a merciful one at this point. Right? I'm taking a shuttle to Mars and see what happens because it's got to be better. <laughs> <laughs> Where is Inmouth? Uh, let me go to those towns that Lovecraft talk about. Let me look at talk, talk about this god. They cannot be worse than the one we have, so let me go check. <laughs> it's bad down here. Beam us up. Like, beam us up. <laughs> Put me in tentacle. I'll go sleepy. I'm like, just make it comfy for me. I'll go into it. <laughs> so, Nelson, what's your horror origin story? You started with horror as a kid, or were you a... A, a later convert to the genre. It's wild. I don't, actually don't. It, it's like so. Just a little information on me. I'm like super snobby about movies, and I was for a long time because I went to film school, all that pretentious shit, and then I come down. But during high school, my best friend was really into horror. Well, he put me to a lot of bad movies. So I was like, there has to be good movies out there. But it's the '90s, so you know, wasteland at the time. <laughs> God, I got real, real, like, all those movies that my parents always was like, when I was younger, be like, oh, that's scary, that's horrifying, and that's things like that. I wanted to watch them. So I just started watching Jason movies, and then I saw, like, you know, the, the, the Children of the Corn movies. I'm talking about, I'm watching the sequels, too. The Children of the Corn sequels. Have you ever seen that? They're wild. It's rough. They're wild. Okay. But ride. I was like, it, it's terrible, afraid, but that was I'm kind afraid, of my origin. I'm afraid of children yeah. and cornfields, so I try and stay clear of those. Um, <laughs> I, I've seen like one of them. Burn them both. Burn listen, them both. Listen. If I see a child, even if it's mine on a cornfield, I have to burn it because I know where it's right? going. Listen. <laughs> <laughs> right? clear of the corn, child. That's what the that's what the children of the corn movies taught me. Burn the cornfield. You see a child in it. Right? You can't go in there no more. You don't want that corn. You don't want those children. Burn it down. Exactly. Save yourself. What? <laughs> I'm like, first of all, it's like there's no reason for this child to be in the cornfield. So there's only one reason to get possessed. And Listen. I don't want to do that. And have you seen that thing? It comes from down the earth and shit. And they all look ghetto. It's like tremors. Like more stuff no, no, going on. Nah. Nah. It's not for me. Uh. I, I, I see I see a tractor. I get scared already. As, as a brown man, I see a tractor. I get scared. Listen. So, like, imagine if I see. <laughs> right? <laughs> I see a tractor. I've gone too far. Right? Nothing good comes from tractors. Look. <laughs> no. If you see, if you see a pair of overalls in a cornfield, you know you're about to get killed. So it's better to just go. Right. When I hear yeehaw, I know <laughs> this is gonna be a long night. <laughs> no. Hope. It's like Texas Chainsaw Massacre wasn't real. Real. Have you ever seen Listen. somebody of color go to Texas at that time? Listen, <laughs> I spent three years in Texas. That is a true story. <laughs> I'm going for the first time next year. And I'm like, mm. 
Ooh, don't I don't know how I feel about this too. <laughs> no, I slid. Um, <laughs> I've never tried to run before in my life, but I tried to run to the car to get out of that. <laughs> I'm going to be like those people, like those people in the hood with Michael Myers. I'm just going to be peeping and seeing what's happening the whole time I'm in Texas. From there to the theater, from the theater to here, I'm be like, yeah, why not with a hat? I'm moving to the next one. I'm like, whoop. <laughs> so Nelson, do you have any uh, projects coming up that you would like to plug for the listeners? And also let us know where we can find your writing, your work. Uh, well, I am a, uh, well, I have a production. Uh, the reason I'm going to Texas is because I have a world premiere of my Playwork Classic. It's happening in Dallas next May. Uh, I'm also, just for everybody to check it out, if you're Latine and you are like a playwright, a writer, I want to do some things, I want to be in community. I'm the lead director for the Latine Playwright Circle in New York City, but we do meetings virtually. So, you know, come through, we're here to develop you. So white people don't be the only ones produced. So come, we want to, we need you. And besides that, you can find me on Nelson DM, uh, Nelson DM Marcano on Facebook, uh, Nelson Strikes, Nelson, no, NDM writes on, I'm terrible at Twitter. So NDM writes <laughs> on Twitter, I'm using it. I just came too late and now Elon Musk got it. And I'm like, we were friends for years, but I found out you even had a Twitter because, like, I found it on accident. And I was like, Nelson had a Twitter the whole time. And you were like, oh, yeah, I got a Twitter. And I was like, what the fuck is this? I forgot I had a Twitter for, the, for like two years. I had to make a new yeah. one. I was like, how about Twitter? I was like, oh, shit. Right. I don't even know how that happened. Yeah. I've I also had a Twitter. Because I'm like so into like social media. <laughs> yeah. No. It was, I found it on accident because we've been friends for years because New Play Exchange, I was like, ooh, I like this work. And then I started bothering you. And we were like, friends on like Facebook and stuff. And I was like, wait, is this your Twitter? I was like, what is happening? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I suck I feel you though. I suck at Twitter what as well. Uh, I, all I do is make people mad. Like I'm, I'm currently, I've got the Swifties mad at me. So here we are. <laughs> Why would you bother that beehive? Is it you getting there and people are so good at that game? Like Charay yeah. is so good at that game in Twitter. I'm like, I can't. I'm not. I, I, like, I can be like I used to be, but now Twitter is a hole. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, it's, it's just a like, place. It's just hashtags and being bored enough to be on there all the time. Like, if you live on Twitter, people will find you. What? <laughs> um, yeah. And that's that's the game, unfortunately. But yeah, no. That's it, I, right? Yeah. I don't know how to do it now. Now that Elon Musk owns it, I have to. That's gonna be. But I'll oh try Lord, it. we'll see when what happens. The billionaires. Yeah. When are we eating the billionaires? I thought that that was on the agenda, and we've not done it yet. What? Look at that. That's a family movie right there. That's not a horror movie. We eating the villain. This is a family. Yeah, that's a that's an animation movie. Listen, you have like, it. <laughs> I was ironic as well. Disney version. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, with that underway, let's get into the old ways. That's an actual an interesting sentence. Anyway, <laughs> Nelson, what's one of your first thoughts on this film? I mean, I love it. I um. I was watching it today for the second time, and uh, it was one of those things that I saw it last year. I remember really liking it, but this year I love it more um, in the sense that it's not just the idea of the culture and like 
with explores of how assimilation affects human being, but it is so much deeper than just assimilation and identity and those things. Like the way they're playing with brujeria, with 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 the with what they consider the old ways, and at the same time, the way that Christina is the character, how she to the whole journey is so realistic that horror becomes personal. And like what I was trying to say something, I was telling my wife, one, one of the things that interests me more about this film, that one of the things that fascinates me the most about the, the film is that this is an anti-horror film. This is not a horror yeah. film. This is a film about taking away the horrors from, from the iconography of and things like that. Because the only reason we think this woman dressed as a bruja, these images are evil is because of, you know, the culture telling us Christianity is telling us that anything but Christianity is pagan and evil and devil. So these people that are healers have been turned into witches the way that people think of Salem witches, which we all know was a hoax anyway. But like that, <laughs> the same thing about those witches. Thing about, listen, Americans love to kill people for no reason. That's all I know. Uh, it's the real pastime. That, Screw baseball. What? <laughs> <laughs> it is no <laughs> like because they used to hit people with baseball they just chase them out and uh, it's 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 a way that 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 film interweaves this yeah. battle self yeah and ultimately they say the idea that by the end you are you feel safe safer with her no i i really really like this movie because of everything you said and like so much more and i think that like one of the things that like pisses me off about like when Netflix does get something good and it does like feature like brown and black people is they don't advertise it. Like we found so much shit by like people of color on accident because like we randomly blew a, a list. I'm like, oh, this looks like it could fit. And then it's a bomb ass movie. And I'm like, Netflix, you, <laughs> if, if you're doing the things, tell people you're doing the things mm -hmm. because like this was on there and not advertised and nobody watched it. I found out about it when I came to this festival I met now last year because it was in this festival and they were like, we, we don't have a screener, but it's on Netflix if you want like see it before you yeah. get here. And it's a good movie. Why am I just not hearing about it? It's on Netflix the whole damn time. His House is on Netflix. People still haven't watched it. Um, Revenge of the Pontianic um, on Netflix. And I'm just like, this is another great movie. And she got great outfits where she kills people. Yeah. Why is Netflix over here pushing like crap at us when it's got like a whole like cache of movies by like people of color who are, like, are killing it, killing it. But yeah, and it doesn't make any sense because they're not doing themselves a good, like they're doing themselves a disservice because I don't know about y'all, but like, most of my friends don't think of Netflix as like the best place to get quality horror or quality anything really. And so when they're not giving you their best stuff, it's like, why aren't, I, it just doesn't make sense to me. Well, yeah. it's, 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 it's like, I was going to say before, this, this is what I was going to say before. It just finally hit me. It's that it's funny how like we don't, the problem with that is like, it's the same as every other medium that is like, for example, if we are all, Americans don't like showing the the, 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 the the movies from other places because that means that they have to be accountable for their own quality. It's why they don't put people of color to write as much because that means that mediocre white dudes can't get away with it anymore. And when you see there's quality out there, it doesn't work. It's like, for example, that shit-ass movie, La Llorona, the one, the one about the Conjuring one. Yeah. And there was the Guatemalan one. I don't know if you have seen the Guatemalan one, but that is an incredible film about trauma and like history, but it's still very like 
I mean, I, it's, I thought it was incredible. But they keep like hiding these movies and they keep promoting these films that overcomplicate the story. Like, I don't know if you all saw Black Phone. Oh, um, yeah. Black Phone could have been a great film, but it overcomplicates everything. It keeps throwing little things of magic and, and stupid things that completely ruin the movie most of the times. We don't yeah. need that. Most of the time, people of color do not overcomplicate stories because we want to move. We already are long-winded, so we want to cut down the fat and make it. So, like, when we tell a horror story, what are we telling this story for? Are we trying to scare people? Are we trying to, to like, make a commentary? And that's what you get when you're trying to make a commentary. That's what you get with the always. It's, 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 it's entertaining as hell. I have to say, like, for a movie that is, like, about brujas in the middle of, like, Mexico, it's yeah. so entertaining. I, I, I love this movie because it's 90 minutes and we immediately start. We are not placing like Nothing. any 45 minutes getting to know the world and the life she's left behind and the boyfriend she might have had. We don't fucking care. We're like, yes. hey, why would you at this place if you're to be at? You might be possessed. And she's like, I'm not possessed. And also I'm a reporter. And like, yeah. we just go into it. And I love that because like, again, I feel like people who are melanin challenged are you taking up space. And so they're like, let me make a three-hour movie, even though it's a 30-minute idea. And I'm like, for whom? No, you don't need to. And that's the thing. It's like, I love that it starts there. I love that it's always in the same room. It never leaves that room. He goes through a whole journey to start from this arrogant, Americanized person into this bruja by the end in this room. That's it. We don't meet anybody else. And I think it's so brilliant and like how they do that. Because it ultimately, it really is like it. It's like somebody be like, you could do a Broadway show, but here, let's put it on a black box and kill it. Yes, yes. Sometimes you don't need all the bells and whistles for your story. Sometimes those are distractions. Yeah, and when it, you get it's distracted, distraction. it's what's happening with Halloween. Like if you uh, bring it back to Halloween, remember there's Halloween Six, The Curse of Michael Myers. Oh, when God. they try to make that, he has like a demon, some shit like that. Yeah. So, like, no. They're like. So, when that man showed up with a big ass hat, I was like, no. And then the, the boots, I was like, no. no. <laughs> I was like, I have thoughts, I have feelings, and I don't like this. <laughs> I, saw, I saw that movie on 13, and I was like, well, thank you for teaching me not to do, man. This is horrible. This is horrible storytelling. I was like, I guess Paul Rudd got a check, so that's a good thing to come out of this. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My question is, what is this obsession that at one point 80s franchises had? with like making these people into these celestial beings that were inside like i'm like you don't have to explain to me why he doesn't get die i just want to see him kill people i don't come to jason for some like freud explanation of why he can't die i come to jason to see why teenagers run exactly i'm not your philosophy i'm not all like "Mm, what were they doing back then with those greek gods i'm like throw a hatchet at this person thank you If I want that, I go to see a drama. When I go see a horror movie, especially a slasher film, I'm just here to see how you're going to kill these people. Right? If I want big, heady things, the Babadook and Hereditary are right there. Um, (laughs) Your lane is a horror movie. Know your lane. (laughs) You can't do all the things. (laughs) Please, please. I mean, I still wait for the day that we can do a Jason movie in prestige form with, like, a big director, like Dennis Villanueva. I just want a Friday the 13th by Dennis Villanueva. I'm going to put it out there. Somebody's got to do it because the rights are finally being figured out. So <laughs> I'll do a Friday the 13th. Oh, wait, I saw that they're doing a TV show with this. Mm-hmm. Brian Fuller's gonna be the showrunner and he's my imaginary dad. Pushing Daisies, Wonderfalls. No, no, I like know me. who Brian Fuller is. Yeah. I know, I know. Like, damn it. I'm damn. obsessed. 
I'm, I'm, I'm upset I'm not writing for Thank this. Thank you. That's how I felt. I was like, I'm happy to see it, but also I want to be hired. And then I don't know how to navigate that. I'm not having my managers to be like, look, I know I'm nobody, but also, <laughs> <laughs> I also went in more time with Mrs. Voorhees, and I know Brian Fuller's full resume. <laughs> no, I have a, I have a, a colleague, I'm not going to say who, just in case I get in trouble. I have a, a colleague play, uh, working on Welcome to Derrytown, the It TV show, and I'm like, mm -hmm. I'm happy for you, sis, but like, listen, right? You give, give a call, tell me. Is that <laughs> a seat? Listen, <laughs> um, I am really good at ordering coffee if we don't need me to write this season. <laughs> listen, if you want to take a nap, I'll write for the next hour for you. Listen, writing <laughs> up notes, organizing things. What do I need to do to be in this room? Like, that's not the real You need to use me and not use my name. Do it for a couple of episodes, just do for the room. Do it. Boom. No, so, I'm willing to be the anger person, like the Key and Peele sketch. Like, <laughs> so he has like his friend, I think it's Luther, who's like yelling at kicking shit. And he's like, ah, yeah. how dare you? How dare you? That'll be me, <laughs> Mr. Brian Fuller. I'll be like, you can stay cool, Daddy Fuller. Um, I got this. Daddy how dare you give him cucumbers? Oh, like, you can use me as your slapper. So I'll slap people and you don't go to jail. Right? Like, I, I would love that. People would be like, um, she hit me again. And he'd be like, oh, I talked to her about that, but I didn't. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't know if you can know that. Right? Like, I can see it now. I sit in the room, so I pissed him off. And he's like, I know. And he'll just pick up his phone. And my yeah. phone will vibrate. And I'll be like, mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 he's definitely not going to hire us after this, though. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure his team has been like this weird name girl. <laughs> She's a little obsessed with you. Please steer clear. <laughs> like, <laughs> we're gonna hire her, but then we heard her talk. And right? <laughs> she called you Daddy Fuller. So <laughs> <laughs> on too many podcasts. On too many podcasts. Like <laughs> a Fuller House. Listen. Oh right, right. <laughs> Listen, I'm a dad. The dad jokes just come out of me nowadays. It's like, <laughs> part of you. Talk about cosmic horror. There's nothing I can do about that. <laughs> It's a rite of passage. It's just like, well, we have a child now, and here are the dad jokes. Oh, and they're fantastic. The worst part is that now I think they're fantastic. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> it's the sleep deprivation. Like, it makes everything funnier. My whole life has been a lie. That's all I know now. That's <laughs> why we have to go back to the always. Hey. <laughs> Boom. That full circle. So <laughs> one of the things that I think you mentioned this a little bit earlier, Nelson, that I really did enjoy about this film is how it evolved as you watched it. The story kind of, the vibe, the tone changed as the story went along. And it was never like, because sometimes in film, it'll like have these sharp jerk turns that sometimes works and sometimes doesn't work. But this this casual, like slow evolution was super cool because I make my notes as I watch the film, like some or sometimes I do it afterwards, but like today I did it as I was watching it. And I, at first I was like, Oh, so she's blaming what she ate and drank over seeing things and not the drugs she's taking. Okay. <laughs> but then I was like, Oh, is it as it kept going? And I was like, Okay, I'm seeing this more now, like the drugs and the mental health and the assimilation and like what that has done to her as a person is all demons that are all like affecting her. And I really, I thought that was a really cool, powerful thing that I thought yeah. was a, something that most films don't do well, if yeah. they do at all. Yeah, I was gonna say that the, 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 the thing that is 
incredibly interesting to me. It's like even even though the drugs, I, I feel almost the drugs is like a McMuffin of the whole thing. Mm -hmm. Like it definitely is like it's there to make you think it is, but the drugs is a cause of the simulation. It's, it's an mm -hmm. effect of the simulation. It's yes. an effect of the life that she's been living. Mm -hmm. Because and and I may go into a little rant, so just throw yes, me down, But like one of the things that happened in this movie is that many people that grew up, like for example, I'm not first generation. I'm the immigrant. I I was born and raised in Puerto Rico, so I don't know what that first generation had to. I'm like Christina. I'm not like the other people that have left. But my wife is first generation, and I know many people that are first generation. And one of the things that I always notice is that their parents have this extreme fear of where they come from, not because the country is bad. If you ask them, they all love their country. It's because of what happened during the Operation Condor in America destroying. This movie is all about Americanization and, and, and how America affected our way of life. That's why we have to go back to the always. But like, so basically, ultimately, what this movie explores with Christina is the kids that always think their country are bad because their parents told their whole life is terrible because she saw it. She remembers this one horrible thing that completely, I mean, it's pretty horrible. And let me tell That's you that. Let me tell you <laughs> that, that, that first scene. Yeah. That seamless change that she had scared the shit out of me because it really was out of a, don't be afraid, nothing I'm here. I was like, okay, girl. Yeah. I was like, maybe this isn't the best place for a child. Maybe, yeah. maybe we should have let the let the child come in after the extra or whatever well, they're performing. You got one bedroom. What you gonna do? Well, that's true. That's true. Well, that's in, in our culture, most of the time, the children should be there to be able to to not be afraid of it. This is thing. Okay. Demons will come with us. Things will attack us. You can be afraid of it. In America, I noticed that kids are very much like cuddled, and you know, it's the hallmark thing where everything yeah. is. Like, we, we grow up, we, well, we don't have a chance. Like, I was talking about this with Gen Z. Gen Z is the only generation in America in the last few, few generations that had to be political since they're kids because yep. they had no choice. That's all of us. In Puerto Rico, Mexico, we have to be political since you're five because that's how you survive around. So, like, that girl seeing this is her exploring life and being, being so afraid of it. Get yeah. her to be going and strip herself from all of it, of, of what it was. And ultimately, as many of us do, we go back because we, there's a part of us that is never complete because we've been uprooted from where we come from. And that's what she does. She does in the film a lot. She talks a lot about in the film that I need, I just wanted to come back. I wanted to die here. Yeah. Because her life wasn't, the life that she has made as an American, I was done. Liz, I... One of the things I love about Christina's character and her journey is that like a lot of us, specifically like the black and brown kids, we we are taught at an early age that like our family and our culture is not it because it's not mainstream. And mm -hmm. so you you grow up and you're like in all these shenanigans of white nonsense because you're trying to like fit in and blend in and yeah. you're self-medicating. And it, like Christina is all of us. She's coming to this position late in life where she's like, I need to figure out who the fuck I am though, because I don't yeah. know who I am and I, here I am. <laughs> um, and I, I think that makes her so sympathetic and so interesting as like our, our final girl even though we get two final women and they're both brown yeah. and so i'm clapping already because it's hard to get one in a horror movie let alone two yeah <laughs> well, that's, that's the thing that's, in, that's what i was saying is that the horror movie because at the beginning where with christina horrified the drugs might be the thing might she, you keep seeing this imagery that is for us because again we come from this system that tells us that any other religion outside of here is bad mm -hmm. um we think we see all these demons and things like that, and little by little we're terrified. But as she learns to accept it, when she starts learning to accept it, all of a sudden they don't 
you're not terrified as much. You can see that there are weapons for her to fight this evil. Like this imagery is not is keeping them safe, and that these people that people think they're witches and this, they, uh, uh, you know, this destructive force, they're actually the protectors because they're willing to talk to death when they know what it means to talk. And death is not a scary thing. It's not. It's not like in tarot. Death means change. It means yeah. <laughs> we're, we're turning over new leaf. Bad, but like yeah. ultimately, like you get your ancestors. They're always with you. Yeah. And like that's something that this movie, I feel like, and that's the thing. Oh man, I didn't even think about this, but that's the thing. She comes back to realize that her mom is the ancestor. Yes. That she still has this connection. And crazy part is like, if you think about it, when, oh, I forgot what her cousin's name was. What Miranda. Was Miranda? Mm-hmm. When she gets possessed at the end, it's because she starts dreaming about the Americanization. She goes, oh, you're going back to LA with your restaurants and your things like that. And she's like, she wants that American life. And the demon got her right there. Yeah. No, I I, I love that. Like, to thinking back on what you were talking about, like, all of the imagery and things, like, it's the parts of yourself you're trying to run from and hide from are the parts of yourself you need to feel whole. Yeah. And I, I think that that is a beautiful thesis, especially in a 90-minute movie hidden on Netflix. Um- <laughs> Seriously, like, I am so amazed that this movie have not like, been picked up more because it's just, it's, for immigrants in general, it's incredible. Like, it, but in general, for the idea of, what is truly a possession? What is truly uh, like violently with demons? It's like they, they're not talking about violent demons here with one God. They're talking about violent demons with rituals. Yes. Because there is no, demons are not one religion, which is every time I see, like I, lo- I love the conjuring. Like it really was like a, um, a fighting up there with the thing for me. Like mm-hmm. the conjuring is like, and I will say hot take. My hot take is that this movie is my favorite horror movie since the conjuring. And like, I'll say why afterwards, like, but it is. But one of the things you see is like all these big religious possession is always with God and Christianity. It's like, what if the demon is freaking Muslim? Well, what if the demon don't give a fuck? You don't mean all demons are going to be Christians because you decide that it's Christian when the money, like, I all, I believe in all this stuff. I believe in spiritualism. I've been in Santeria clans and rituals, like, because I, I know this exists out there. So but I, and I know one thing, they got no religion. So when, when they talk about these ways that people fight them, well, like putting their hand in the, in, the, in the painting and all these things, it's the communication. It's not a fight. They're talking. And, like, and, and, and we have come to understand and to think that demonic is always a, I mean, it's always a bad thing. But ultimately, that you, you have to fight it with this, like, as everything that is very American, you have to fight it with the right and mighty of God. Well, in fact, you just have to understand the problem. Yeah. Yeah. You have to enter the problem and live in your fucking truth, which is not what we're told. I yeah. Since we started this podcast, because we, we do a lot of international movies, because, like, that's where a lot of the good shit is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I have realized we have been cheated. The exorcisms outside of America are so much better. Have no, you seen the Korean exorcism? Because we've seen some movies. I'm like, I, I, I catch myself dancing, tapping my toes to the music. I'm like, oh, wait, no, we're exorcising demons. That's not, not appropriate. Yeah. Yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> And it's just, I, I, I'm living for this moment where, granted, it's still not enough movies because racism, um, but I'm living for these moments where we get to, like, find these movies where we get to see something done in a way that is not steep in American colonized culture, because I'm tired of Columbus Columbusing all these millenniums later. Yeah, <laughs> and so, that's yeah. why James Wan is so good. That's why James Wan is so thing. It's because James Wan make American films in Japanese style. Yes. 
Yes. It's the reason The Conjuring works. If you see The Conjuring, nothing else is filmed like that. Every haunted film that's been done before The Conjuring is tilted cameras, droll, hauntedly long, like, like if you take a 30 second break, that's haunted. No, I'm just getting bored. Right. And then many haunted houses do that. James Wan didn't. James Wan did the whole, the camera is always kinetic, dynamic. It's always in your face. Listen. I, that's a part of the reason I love Malignant is because it's such a James Wan oh. movie and it's written by a black woman, Akilah Cooper. And so like those two ships met and we have gold. When Gabriel bends backwards and takes out a whole police station, I'm like, yes, A-cab and wild as fuck. Oh my God. <laughs> I feel more, more that it's like, you, saw your, you just saw your first horror anime. That's Listen. what you just saw with Malignant. That movie is so brilliant. My God. I love I don't like, love all that he does, but I love his style. Whatever he does, at least he tries out something different. Like, he, he's got hits. Like, he did the first Saw, which I think we all have to admit is the best of them. I haven't finished it, but we know. Um, yeah. <laughs> he gave us Insidious. He gave us, like, The Conjuring. Um, some of those, like, spinoffs don't need to be there. But you know what? He's not in charge of all of it by himself. Like, no. <laughs> his directing is good. <laughs> he's a great director. Nobody said that he do how to produce. Listen, those are different skill sets. He will get there someday. <laughs> but no, I hear- gonna ruin that whole franchise. Don't leave that whole franchise of the country. That makes no sense to begin with. <laughs> Ed and Lorraine did not do that much. Like, literally, because they are stretching some of that shit thin. And I'm just like, show me the receipts. Show me the receipts. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody wants to know Annabelle. You ruin Annabelle. <laughs> We haven't covered Annabelle, but when we do, I have an hour rant about how Alfie Woodard was abused and misused <laughs> for that fucking script. Um, yeah. We don't need magical Negroes, and we don't need people sacrifice ourselves for white leads who are lesser actors. Sorry to that actor. Okay. She's a lesser actor than Alfie Woodard. I hope she knew that already. <laughs> <laughs> if she didn't, I have questions. But I will say, so one of the things that I think is kind of shock not shocking, but, well, yeah, pretty shocking, is that this movie is... Written by, from what I can tell, a white man. A white man. Yeah. Now I think it's written by a Latin man. Um, at least I don't know. It could be. I actually met um the people who made it last year at this festival I met, and like oh, it did. is, yeah, it is directed by a white man. I think it's written by a white man, but okay. it has like it has like brown producers. I have I did not ask them specific what kind of brown because okay. that is not something we do to each other. Um, <laughs> but like, and so I think right. that they were like. We have good stuff here. Let's 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 do this. Because another thing that I like about this is that like we have all these brown women, and I'm not mad at the way they're written. Because like a lot of the times, especially when we get white men involved, women are not written as people. And that is a rant I have yelled into this podcast for almost the entire time we've been on air. <laughs> so, and so I was like, "What's up here? These women, I like them. I like them. They're smart. They got like they have agendas. They got plans. They're doing things. They're communicating." Hmm. Um, we're not talking about men and our like what we're gonna do when the men come back. We're like, you got a demon, bitch. We gotta shake it out of you. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, no, I don't. And it's like, you do. You do drink the goat's milk. Like, <laughs> let's do well, this. That's my favorite. It's like, yo, like when he did the first goat milk moment, I was like, oh, this is this. Is, that is the most cultural thing. They don't give. I don't give a fuck. You just need to do this. It's like when you're a little kid, like over here. This is a, a perfect example of how we deal with things in America, how we deal with things in Latin America. Over here, I have a map for my kid. He, he's uh, being all protected and stuff like that. My niece was born six months later. Earlier, uh, later, We went to see them, and they have no match. She falls all over the place. She rolls around the floor, and everybody's just letting her like find her strides. Yeah. Like, it's like nothing. And, I, and here I am, because I've been in, in America now for 19 years. 
Um, you know, I am thinking like, oh, I have to protect in some way. And you know, you have to protect in some way, but it becomes such this helicopter pine idea. And it's basically the same thing about mm -hmm. everything. It's like everybody thinks that everything has to be so massage and things that I'm perfect when honestly, imperfect is when things are get good. Yeah. 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 Well, and but like, it is interesting. I, was, I wanted to say it's interesting that a white man wrote this. Like I always said to people, because I am one of those people that is like, if you don't have, like, if you don't, if you don't have any cultural thing, you shouldn't be fucking talking about it unless you treat it with respect. And I tell this to everybody: it's like, you want to write about my people, just be respectful and do it from a lens. Yeah. And this is what I want to say: is like, always, kind of almost feels like it comes from the lens of a person from outside the culture, yes. trying to understand the culture through Christina. So it yeah. cannot make sense. Mm. That, Crazy, great, great job. I will have not known it, and I, I'll admit, I'm wrong one time about this. This, this person did a great job here. No, like, I, I met them after I saw it and wrote the review, and I was like, y'all are white. <laughs> like, again, like, we've seen it a lot, like, especially because, like, we, all of us are theater kids, and we have seen, like, the yeah. white woman, white man who's like, this is my brown person play. You're all welcome. And yeah. I was like, who's this for? This is offensive. I hate it here. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's because they didn't let him play with any white person till the end. I bet that he didn't even know that Connor comes at the end. They did that thing after he left. <laughs> well, and and, and so and so often, especially when it is written and directed by white people, and it deals with indigenous culture and people, it ends up being that like either those people or that culture is part of what's attacking people or part of what it, or at least like um bystanders or something like you know what i mean like and with this they're not they're the ones literally saving christina from her own demons usually when the white people come in with a story it feels very missionary it's like mm -hmm. we're here to give you the good jesus from our perspective and you heathens are welcome and that's why i'm usually like i cannot watch this shit so i felt betrayed because i was like this is a good time and i went down there like y'all are white men huh explain yeah. yourselves like <laughs> And it's funny because it's almost like a missionary movie. Because the whole time they are missionary. It is. It is. But she's in the wrong and we talk about it. Oh, oh no. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. It is. And it's like, it's, it's, that's, that's why it's another thing that is great about the indigenous thing. It's not just that it protects the indigenous people. It's that it truly respects what they do. Mm -hmm. it, I love Miranda when it says, like, you know, you may not believe what I do. In this place, these people are the, the, the law. These people are the politics. It's like, this is true. Yeah. This is just like so many people still like in, in Puerto Rico, there's Americanization of our ass because colony. Uh, but it's been funny. A lot of the things that you find is like we may not have the curandera like we used to have, or in this country, the bruja, but we have our abuelas. And our abuelas pretty much show us all these things. There's so much shit of Santeria in Puerto Rican Catholicism that they don't even understand. But I'm like, you know, that this is a Santeria ritual, right? Because we never feel protected by the shallowness of Christianity. We only feel yeah. protected by the idea of spirituality. There cannot be one God for, like, and the idea of like, there cannot be one God for this whole thing. We don't want one God for this whole thing. We want administration. You know what I mean? I need somebody in HR. I need somebody in the <laughs> everywhere. I cannot have one person. Look, Elon Musk is going to Twitter. Imagine if Elon Musk was the only God in Twitter. Like this. No. I mean, it's, it's <laughs> But we're going to see it happen. Don't you put that out in the world now. Listen, it's going to come true. He out here so, buying something right now. He's like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, no. 
Americans like the idea of the one god, one lord, because it's simple. It's it's basic. It's, it's, well, it's, it it's also easy to control people that way. Yeah, that's that's, that's, that's a lot of what the, I mean. I hate to I hate to like paint Christianity this way, but I mean it is tough. It's history. Get I went to Catholic school for twelve years. I earned it. Right. Listen, listen, no. <laughs> it just it, it, I mean that's what it's what happened in the medieval times. It's what happened yeah. in the uh, the um the cru uh, the crusades. Like yeah. Christianity is used to control the masses a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, well, that's the thing. It's like that's and that's why the Christina journey feels very much. And this is what is crazy that a white man did it because it feels like a very Latino, very not even Latino, very foreign, very other journey into accepting themselves like the whole thing with her it's it, it's it's this idea of finding her identity and realizing who she is to be able to take the american out of her i mean when old bay takes that heart and goes and yes yeah. i was like yo she literally like, took the americanization out of her and started making her here but my, my favorite line of the movie is i'm a motherfucking bruja i get electrolyzed no, I, get, my that, I was like <laughs> yes you are yes you are yeah, I, I, I love that because like a lot of the times we get movies and it does feature like black and brown people. It's about identity. And we're like, again, identity again, um, because you're just told by white people. But like this one, it's like, it's identity. Yes. But also like when you like claim your whole fucking self, and your identity, you have your power. Movie. And when you have your power, you're fucking untouchable. Um, <laughs> but that's what I was, I was going to get into the, the idea that like for us to heal correctly, we have to go back to the old ways. We have to find where we come from. It's not that we haven't progressed or that we haven't modernized. Yeah. It's that our old ways were never allowed to modernize. So we have to do that again. So yeah. when we heal, we don't heal individual. And that's what America does. America is individualistic. They told us that we have to focus on ourselves and our side of the family. Your family is your community. So you stay under your one house protected against everybody. It's not like that in South America. South America, your neighborhood is your family. Your community is everything. So she goes back to family. She goes back to community to heal her away from the sickness that is her life. That's why she went there to die. She needed to kill who she was to assess who she had to become. Yes. It's, it's such a, I, this, this movie really like, the first time I saw it, I saw it as this horror film. This time I saw it as this drama of a person not only dealing with addiction, but with the suicidal mental health that America leaves you with. Yeah. And that's another thing I love because like a lot of movies, they make the person who's an addict out to be something that it's not because addiction is a sickness. And like her sickness is caused because she's running from herself. Um, yeah. And so she's like, she's trying to start all of America and including the drugs and the job she hates and like the, like the straightening of the hair and like the not believing in anything that she was ever taught as a child. Like yeah. her drug is America and America is killing her. Yeah. Um, like it's killing a lot of us. Exactly. And like, content. It was funny. One of the things that I felt like is like I almost made me feel guilty because at the beginning when you see the, the poster for the, the, the poster, I can still call it poster because I'm 38. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm always forever gonna call it poster, the cover of the of the piece. You see this the old lady, the old bruja, and you are like, oh shit, this is gonna be good. And then you see the imagery of the demon, which by the way, that little kid with the teeth, prime. Um but <laughs> Like when you see her, you're scared already of her. And then by the middle, if you accept it just like her, she's like, yeah. girl, I was like, girl, listen to her. Mm, get that yeah. going. Like at, at the end when she's like, the bruja is like, the, like she's a vision or whatever that you see. Yeah. And she's like, this. I was like, oh, come back. Yeah. <laughs> I want you to stay. You ain't there yet. 
I want her prequel. How many other people have she exercised? Let's watch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Countless, probably. Yeah, she's been saving lives for decades, and I want to see it. I want to yeah, see listen, it. Listen, if we're going to do a prequel, can we do it like Alien and Aliens? So the first one is going to be this nice thing, and then the Aliens is the Bruja just fighting everybody in the ruins. Going to I the would ruins love that. To fight the demons. Her just snatching hearts and yeah. kicking ass. <laughs> <laughs> More <laughs> Run around, get some smoke, some chicken blood. Let's do it. Let's do I love it. it. My money, opening my wallet as we speak. Like, what yeah. <laughs> so one of the few things I, I like, y'all, I really like this movie a lot. I think that one of the things that kind of took me out of it just a little bit was some of the CGI, specifically around the snake, the snake scene when they're crawling on her. It wasn't, it was only until I started crawling on her. I was like, oh, that's that's not that she didn't okay. That's sad. To be fair, I would also not let snakes on me for an indie movie. Um, I don't do snakes. I mean, <laughs> I fair points. Fair points. Fair points. <laughs> I will say that the one reason I didn't bother me that much is because while it is supposed to be realistic for them, she's also in a dreamlike state. Uh, so, like, true. there's a sense to be like also something that feels. Nah, I'm just making excuses for this bad lie on that. It's <laughs> <laughs> true. But it's true because we are in this world where magic is a real thing. Um, mm -hmm. It's not the way we imagine it with like bibbidi bobbidi boop wave a wand. Um, yeah. <laughs> like it's a real thing. Magic is just part of the culture. It's part of this experience. Yeah. It's part of the story. And so like it is, it is kind of like this magical realism situation not being told through a white lens, which yeah. is another reason why I love it. Because like usually well, magical realism is Sarah Rule. And I'm not knocking her. I've grown up on her. I, I still read her stuff. But like it, it's more than just Sarah Rule. A lot of us are wanting in. A lot of us do it. Yeah, well, one of my favorite things that has happened in the last 10 years is like white people's acceptance of the supernatural. Mm -hmm. Because like, I always knew, like, I'm all oh, people on news, like people are like, yo, let's go to a haunted house. Mm -mm, I ain't doing that. You know, there's something there. And like, I, I've gone to places and you know, and like. Y'all ain't kidding. Someone came over here one day, like recently and said, I have a ghost in my house. And I was like, you don't need to tell me that. You got ghosts. That's I'm already moving, but I was like, "This need, well, I need to move tomorrow." Because like, no, <laughs> I'm well, living in my car. To live with the good ones, most of them are good ones. Like that's the thing that they She's, never. Yeah, done. they said it was a good one, so I yeah. think I'm okay. I lived with one for five years on this basement apartment. He used to watch TV with us. I'm telling you that it wasn't just me and my wife that saw it. Almost everybody that stayed. Like one time, my friend went like, "Oh," and said, "What is it?" And he goes, like, "He goes to me and said, well, well, like, oh, you saw Carlos.' I don't know why I call him Carlos." <laughs> <laughs> Okay, you saw Carlos. I was like, Carlos, it, it feels like there's somebody looking from like there was like a window between the kitchen and the thing. Mm -hmm. Somebody like, yeah, that's Carlos. Sometimes he'll watch you poop too. That's too far. Sometimes you need somebody to talk to if the phone is dead. I think that is one of the unspoken things between like people of color because like whether or not we want to acknowledge it like we all are a little bit spiritual or raised with somebody spiritual and so we have it in us somewhere no matter how hard we fight it like i remember being yeah. in grad school and me and the only other brown woman in the fucking <laughs> department because we're in texas and that's an awful time um me and only brown person at a party full of white people because texas and like one of the white girls like let's get a ouija board out and without speaking we were both like we gotta go and she's like do you want to rhyme like, i would love a rhyme <laughs> we are leaving this party <laughs> There's not enough free booze to play with a Ouija board because, like, that's not how you get where you want to go. <laughs> if you see most of the American horror films, it's like just people doing dumb shit. I'm like, yo. Listen, I, 
I like the victim blame, but a lot of these movies are white people being like, let me do something stupid. <laughs> and then see yeah, what well, happens. Let me go into this room that there's a sound. I'll be like, right? I'm a fuck around and find out. And it's like, well, you did that to yourself, Phil. Like, nobody's going to do that. Like a scream. If you just hung up the phone and called 911, you wouldn't be there, Drew. You wouldn't be there. Why are you answering numbers you don't know? I will never. Well, now hold on. Back then, they didn't have no caller ID. After the first one. After the first one, yes. After the first one, there's a lot of people answering phones of numbers they don't know. And I'm like, for whomst? Like, people call me all the time. Like, I don't know that number. And then if they do a voicemail, I can address it. Right, (laughs) same. But until yeah. the, until like four, they started adding like it was Jill calling people when it was literally. But but two and three, right. two and three, like they were just like, oh, let me look at the caller ID now that I've answered it. And I'm like, no, that's my first step. Like that's my, <laughs> if you change your phone number, you can't call me without telling me who you are in a text message first, just so you're clear. Same. <laughs> or at least, the, I mean, you just leave me a voicemail, I'll call you back. But like, Listen. exactly, voicemail is perfectly fine. Right. Also, why am I not texting? Like, Ghostface have a hard time getting a hold of me. Like, he'd give up. He'd be like, "This bitch is. I'm never answering her phone." <laughs> he had to send you an audio message. Right. Hey, you want to like, play a game? He'd be like, "What's your favorite scary movie?" I'm like, "Who this? What's your favorite scary movie? Who this? I'm blocking you." <laughs> so I have a question because. I don't know. It didn't work for me, but I'm curious. It might have worked for y'all, and I I may not have. I may not be looking at it right. The very end, when the guy shows up, the white man. Mm-hmm. I don't know that it needed that. It just felt very like, oh, there might be a sequel, or oh, this is going to continue, as opposed to I. And and I don't know that it. To me, I was like, if we're talking about assimilation, then why are we bringing a white man into it? I don't know. It did not feel like a sequel setup to me. It felt more like another way of her purging more of the life she's killing. Um, oh, and her also saying her like career as a bruja. Because she, like, she, she cured her cousin. But like also, like we don't want to be like, well, the cousin's cured. Credits roll. And so she's like, let me also purge the demon from this person I need to also leave behind and but, get it going. And it's also the, her last temptation. Yes. He comes in with the life of LA. He gets the offer again. Here you go. I can get you out of here. Yeah. We can go back to the life you want, and she chooses no. This yeah. is the life I'm supposed to live. So he's for me, it's not even a sequel. For me, it's actually it's the it's like yeah. her decision taken. It's the, like the fact that we see her and Miranda. They becomes again a family business because this is always a family business. It's always mm-hmm. a legacy thing. Yeah. We're seeing that this always can continue. I would watch Christina and Miranda like exercise people for at least five seasons before I ever asked a question. Like, <laughs> they always do. Now they're new, right? right? It's like five seasons in a movie, another movie. Right. I should say. <laughs> please, please call the always the new ways, the sideways. It's gonna be great. We're gonna <laughs> all the way. What? Always. <laughs> Like I, I was living, I was living. Cause again, we never get like two women of color at the end of a movie. Um, and so I'm like, wait, did, did both of the young brown women live? Like, is that what we just did here? Is that, can we ask for that now? And they were like, not, no, it was one movie. Shut up. I was like, you right. Like, <laughs> no, we're not going to advertise. No, never. Don't tell people. Cause then they'll watch it and then we'll have to maybe make another. Um, <laughs> well, they know that the women can be powerful, sexy, destroy things and be their own heroes. Crazy. Crazy. Listen. 
But I feel like for me the ending is is like for uh, like in my opinion it's the perfect period for this film because it just reassures that she shows her not her place but I guess her happiness. She found happiness in what yeah. she thought was the the thing against her. And I also love that the way it threw us in at the top, it sort of throws us out because like they're still in the middle of like stuff and stress. And but like we we feel good about it because we're coming in. You're like, ooh, is she gonna make it? And now you're like, she gonna make it. I don't know if her friend gonna make it, but that's not my problem. Um <laughs> <laughs> well, she's like, we're not very good at it, but we're trying to get better. I was like, girl, <laughs> like, just like that is the best thing you're saying to this man. Just like, she's exercising in rough draft, and I, yeah. I'm here for that. Let her do it. Well, <laughs> But the next, because of you, the next person might live. Right? You got to break some eggs. (laughs) (laughs) And I will say, and and I'm glad that y'all pointed that out, because that that makes sense that it just wasn't something I was looking at. I did like in that scene, though, when he was, when he said, I'm probably fucking up this paraphrase, but at one point he says, there is no demon. Let me just take you back to LA and will clean you out like essentially saying it's the drugs again it's the drugs again and i think that i like that she didn't even address that she was just like no we're cutting that off and i was like because it isn't a it is a very american thing to equate everything that's wrong or everything that has been wrong or your journey to healing to this one thing oh if you if you drank less if you didn't do drugs if you didn't smoke well then you'd be there you know what i mean as opposed to like no you probably have a lot of shit you need to deal with and it's probably going to take some time and you probably need to be around you know people on that same journey with you yeah or to help you along yeah it's also the the idea that white people always feels like they have to clean up the culture off of you like when they Mm. african slaves at the beginning and they took them they were like clean up like bathe them before they started showing them off. So it's mm-hmm. like bathe of the Mexican out of you, or Guatemala. Well, they don't. Do they say where they are? They're in the. In the they never say. I. I like in the Mexico. Guatemala, also, Mexico. Yeah. That's what, that's what I think it is. That's what I think, but I can't yeah. prove it. So I was just like, I'm gonna say less. Wait, <laughs> doesn't she says it? I don't. Yeah, I. I, I can take the fall. Yeah. I don't. But I. <laughs> I do think that she does say when she grabs her phone in the beginning. And she's talking to him and she's like, hey, I'm in this village outside of this town. So there is a, ge- if we knew the South town. America's geography, we might, we might be able to look. But I don't know. America. I'm not going to play that game. Um, that's Same. I'm like, it's somewhere, <laughs> I'm assuming in South <laughs> America. I'm going to Google it right now. Because right? I will be seen here on wrong continents. And so I'm just not even going <laughs> to. Like, they were in Sweden. Yeah. And- <laughs> <laughs> In Russia, they had a great time. Right? It is Mexico. Okay. It is Mexico. Mexico. Yeah, because I thought so, but also I didn't know if that was me being like from like a filmmaking standpoint. Mexico is closer and cheaper, so that's where I would go with this movie or what? Because like you never know, and, yeah. and sometimes people go places and it's somewhere else, and I'm just yeah. like, how is Canada, Mexico today? Why didn't you just go to Mexico? And they're like, because we're white, and I'm like, okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I I just want to like just more than to speak on the on the whole idea of the I guess the the assimilation journey and the striping of your own self to be able to become I, this is not to shed on America as the concept it's the, it's the idea of America the concept failing the per, the people yeah. in the aftermath and we're not talking in a sense of like just her as an individual individual 
Mexico Veracruz is fucked up because of what America did in the 60s and the 70s. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like most of South America is, and they all have to clean it up. And it's taken us 50 years, 40 years, 50 years to start accepting ourselves as people that the, our cultures have any value. Just like Christina. Christina is not alone. Christina is not even like a character that is a bad character. Christina is a character that is the most normal character in Latin America than in the United States. So this journey, if you want to see something that explains to you the pain that is this journey into rediscovering yourself, decolonizing your mind, rediscovering yourself and accepting your roots, this movie does a great job without being like, look at the commentary. Because it feels very much like this is a Bruja story. Yes, yes. Like I, it's definitely a fucking Bruja story and it's, it's her story and I love it because like it's, Again, it's, it's different for everybody. It's different for everybody. Nobody not white is having a good time in America. <laughs> and so, like, a lot of us can, like, see parts of her journey as ours, but it's also very much, like, this is her specific journey. And so yeah. at some point, you have to get off the plane and let her finish it. But, like, yeah. you're there with her for all of it. And I love that as opposed to us just draining in, like, white nonsense usually being like, well, I guess Ed and Lorraine are our leads, and so I'm going to follow them, but I'm not yeah. doing what they're doing. I don't understand their choices. <laughs> We're bringing shit back to whose house? No. Exactly. Exactly. And it's it's just it's a I will say this film more than horrifying to me, it's beautiful. Yeah. And that's something that I did not expect it. When I even the first time I saw it, I don't think that I saw how gorgeous it is. And like and I'm talking about the imagery that is supposed to be ugly. It's so pretty. Yeah. yeah. Like even the like the older Bruja's face. Like because like it's it's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, her at the end, when she looks with that eye and the, and the blood part, you're just like, it's this gorgeous I, look, this painting yeah. almost. I, I, you know, I'm not super familiar with the, the actual culture and the makeup of that, but I did love how they each had a very signature, personal, like, look of their, you know, yeah. like... Mm-hmm. The first woman had the like stripes, but then uh, when Christina turns into the bruise, she's like almost like the weeping woman, which was really an interesting image. It was super cool. Yeah, like I again, I would watch her exercise people for at least five seasons. Um, I, yeah, honestly, it's it's such a great origin movie, Marvel. Listen. This is how you do it. Listen. Right. But um, don't tell them because I don't want any sequels. This is perfect as it is. I was about to say, don't, don't hold on, Marvel. Don't be buying this. Hold on no. now. Like, we'd, we'd watch her fight Ant Man and be like, Paul Rudd, please leave this time. Like, <laughs> yes. The one time, yeah. the one time we'll ever ask Paul Rudd to leave. We're going to put Paul Rudd on the prequel on this with the yeah, like fighting the people in the ruins. Damn. <laughs> Right. <laughs> Paul Rudd is just beside the Bruja, just screaming the whole time, like, "What the fuck is going on?" I'm, I'm down. I watch that movie. I would watch it. Yeah, you're right. I would watch I'll it. I watch most things with Paul Rudd in it. Let's be real. Why not both? Let them have the prequel and the series afterwards. Well, you know what? If I'm gonna have the prequel, I'll do the five seasons of them exorcism. Can it be Christina Miranda go to America? And they just do a road trip to America? Listen, listen. Supernatural had away with that for 15 years. Give them five seasons. That would be, Seriously, I would watch that. You can just stay in Louisiana. Let's do some voodoo shit. Yeah, oh my God. Can you imagine the day they meet up with the voodoo woman in New Orleans? Voodoo and they're going to set people together? Wait, we need to stop talking about this. Because we're yeah. giving a great idea here. I don't want people to steal this shit. <laughs> <laughs> what we're going to do 
It's basically have all these religions try to exercise each other in different places. So like if yes. these Mexican Santeras go fight the voodoo, let's see how that goes. Listen. That's a season. That's five. That's six seasons of that movie right there. Done. Done. Opening my wallet as we speak. Oh. <laughs> trying to sell this. To, I've been trying to sell this idea to everybody for the last 30 seconds. I already have one. Person <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna close this call everybody. and open up a pitch meeting. Next pitch meeting. Like, listen, my last pitch meeting, 30 seconds. <laughs> what is the project? In a podcast, but still. You can buy it for two ninety nine, right? <laughs> I'm cheap. Just give me a movie. All right, shall we get to our hot takes? Are we feeling spicy? Let's do it. All right, let's do it, Nelson. You kind I, of mentioned I, yours earlier, but explain further. I feel well. Uh, what I was saying before. Uh, my hot take is that I believe this might be the best horror films in the country. And that's a lot to say because there's been a lot. Horror films have stepped up in the last 10 years. But I feel like not just American films. Uh, it, American films, like I said before, they overcomplicate things, which is the problem with a lot of the horror movies here, losing the horror part because of like things that they bring up. With the always, it's not just the simplification or the commentary or the iconography, it's all of those. It's all of those work together to make one story. It's not trying to have Ethan Hawke with a mask looking cool <laughs> or having a thing. It's not trying to like sell you an image that is the Bruja. You could easily sell. I feel like the way that it lets the story tell itself, the way that it trusts its protagonists, the way that it creates a very realistic like, situation in which most of us haven't lived, and we are thrown, which is the same thing that works for the conjuring. We're thrown into it, into a kinetic, dynamic way that we have to live and breathe with these people for that hour and a half, two hours, in a sense that you cannot breathe, not because you're horrified as much as you want these people to survive. And I feel like that is the best kind of horror. It's when, you know, I love the Babadook, but if that kid died, I wouldn't have given a fuck. Listen. We all know, you all know it. That kid is the most horrible character. I, I was like, Gideon, Gideon, Gideon. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> time. You know what I mean? I love, I don't know if you have seen this movie, which actually is might be my favorite in the last five years. May the Devil Take You. Yes. The first one is so good. The first one is so good. Yeah, the second one is fine, but the first one is incredible. Like, it's so good, but one of the things that happens at the end of the day, I still didn't. I mean, I care about the character, but if she died, but with Christina Miranda, their pain, like especially Christina, because she's not a likable character when you meet her. But by the end, you're just like you're rooting for her. No, you're you're not only rooting for her, you're like willing to give her help. I'm like, Mama, what do you need? No, look, and that's another reason. That's another reason why I love her because like so many of us have been her to a certain extent because like a lot of us, again, we're told whatever you and your family and your bloodline are into and that ain't it. This is America. Get with it. Straighten your hair. <laughs> Watch this boring show. Eat this bland food. And so yeah. like we don't know who we are. We don't know who we are. And we are our worst versions of ourselves. Like I am always... I am always so grateful I'm not who I was when I first escaped being homeschooled because yeah. that bitch was subscribed to white feminism. It's only what she knew. And she was not doing the things. And... Yeah. I, again, I got to hang out with myself. <laughs> well, it, 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 
it's like I love this film because of that, and like I love this film, and, and it, it's crazy to say that it's 10 years, this might be the best film, when Get Out was a few years ago, right? But I feel like this does what Get Out intends to do without trying to, but more in the real sense. Well, Get Out is doing this whole sci-fi idea that you can get into your own brain, and like, you know, you get lost in whiteness. That's the idea of Get Out, you can get lost in whiteness, and that will leave you crippled and not yourself. Well, they create this whole universe to them. It's like the same thing that I didn't love with Insidious End, where they could have just said they are from hell. But they're like, they are from the eighth dimension of the third planet in the sixth <laughs> And they're right. looking at you and like, why? If you told me these motherfuckers are from hell, I'm like, fuck. Right? That's what you need it. And like, so- we, get, we get out, the complication is not breaking like it is yeah. with that one we get out it's like oh this is a cool concept but with this one it's like oh shit but this can happen to me no i agree simpler is scarier like the strangers why are you doing this to us because you were home i'm yeah. terrified that shit terrifies me terrifies yeah. me because there's nothing that terrifies me in real life more than me going around outside me that have no beef with anybody anymore 20 year old me could get that but 38-year-old me, <laughs> there's no reason for him to get stabbed too. But for some reason, like, I'm terrified. Like, if one day, I, I, I mean, he's also having a kid. But walking around, like, somebody stabs me. That terrifies me. Like, why? Why would I get killed? Why would I, why would I need build a whole life? You know what it is to build a whole life to be taken away because somebody felt frisky outside? For not for all the reasons. You didn't even deserve that. That's terrifying. And that's something that happens to Christina. That's something that happens to all these people. It's like... You, well, Christina went looking for death, but Miranda thought that she was just seeing her cousin. Yeah. And suddenly she's here fighting not only for her cousin's life, but now her life. And and that's another thing is because sometimes people do make the rounds before they try to end things. Like, not to, we're going to have to have so many suicide warnings for so much of this month. Um, but like, we, a lot of people do that and we don't know they're doing that. We're just like, oh, so and so reached out. Um, yeah. And then it's like, oh, no, so and so was saying goodbye. And yeah. Her her character makes so much fucking sense in a world where most of our lead characters don't make sense anymore. Yeah, the characters now are used as sort of like set pieces. It's like we need to get to A to B to C, and we don't care if she makes sense. We don't care if she's consistent. We don't care if she just got to do dumb things to get there. And I'm just like, but like it makes it hard to like follow her and root for her. She ain't rooting for herself. What? <laughs> well, that's the thing. Is like I for that's another thing with horror. It's like the thing with horror is that I love. My slasher. I know. I love my horror comedies. I love my gore fest. Love them all. But when I want to see a good horror film, I need to be focused on the characters, not the situation, because I need to feel the terror. And the only way that you can make me feel the terror is by putting me in their shoes. And that's what this movie does, and The Conjuring does, and Get Out does it to a certain extent. But Get Out still makes you feel a little outside. Yeah. uh, I've always said I love I love all three of the Jordan Peele films we have. Like all of them are a good time. But I always said that I feel like Get Out. Like I think that it's it again. It's probably like my least favorite of like at least the first two. I'm still figuring out how we're no places. But between Us and Get Out, I always feel like Get Out is less of my favorite because Us is an actual horror movie and Get Out is a Monday um, for me as a black person. (laughs) And so I'm like, yeah, that's scary. But also like I, I microaggression Mondays are real. Whereas Us, I'm like. We tethered to what? <laughs> We're doing who? <laughs> well, it's like because Get Out is not a horror film. It's a philosophical question. Yeah. It's an idea of who we are and taken to this horrifying situation. But ultimately, we end up just, you know, we just want to root for the black man to kill his white family. That's what we're going to root by the end. 
But with Christina, we want her betterment. Like, we don't care what happened to that character you get out at the end. Bye. I like your friend better. He made me laugh a lot. But your character was kind of like, wow, to be honest, that main character was kind of like, why did you go to the house to begin with? Uh, why are you dating her? Uh, that whole movie could have come with him just realizing real quick. <laughs> well, she was like, my dad would have voted for Obama a third time. I was like, that's your get out. That's your red flag. This should be a short. <laughs> like, and that's the only black person they ever see. Obama on TV. And listen, that's because he was running for president. Listen. But that, that's the thing. It's like, for me, this movie accomplishes that without having to put this whole other place or things like that. No, no. They just give you rituals, reality, and what we believe is the devil. And it's a fucking child. Like, after all, it's a freaking child, which, like, how you do that for? That's why I don't talk to kids. What? No. <laughs> if I didn't have one, I didn't have to talk to them. Now I'm like, I don't, I don't trust that motherfucker. But hey, <laughs> they get possessed easier too. They do. They even try and fight it. They're just like, ooh, that's fun. <laughs> I don't have to walk great. They mean. Next thing you know, he got an ear of corn. He's like, what's up, Danny? And you're like, what, what has happened? <laughs> One time he stood up and looked at the camera. I was like, this motherfucker. Nope. The holy water on the stage, baby. We're going in. <laughs> <laughs> Baby's first exorcism. That's a whole other photo album. I'll be, be blessing that bab every time I put him in, just to check. And he feels a little hotter every time. I'm like, mm-hmm. <laughs> we went to my grandma and said, what did you bring? <laughs> I know the house is something that's fucked. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Old people's houses. Mm-mm. <laughs> I, mean, I live in New York City. Basically, every apartment you get is haunted. Oh, yeah. Like, everything's haunted there. Like, yeah, it's, it's. I love it here, but it's haunted as fuck. Like, yeah. I see it all the time. I like, think you get too used to it here. You do, like, literally, I know when I was in New York, I'm going to see some shows with some ghosts, and I just go with it. Let's <laughs> Do you hear that crying lady? But there was nobody in the bathroom. It's like, it's not your business. Right? If she's crying, let her cry. Let her cry. You know, I you keep crying, too. Even the ghosts can do whatever the fuck they want. You don't have to just keep walking past them. That's it. Again, I don't ask questions, which is why if I were in a horror movie, it'd be the quickest horror movie there ever was. I'd no, be like, what are we here? Nope. My horror, ca- my horror comedy is me going into the town. My horror movie would be me going into the town of the camera and going. Somebody telling me that there was a killing in that town and then me leaving that <laughs> town. But, you know, I, go into <laughs> I always said my first anthology is going to be about a black woman who hears shit, the shit is about to happen and she just leaves. And so she's the story keeper. And they're like, how do you keep surviving? It's because I leave. I leave. <laughs> I know what happens from the news. Every right. time I check, I'll check Google while I'm driving away. Right. <laughs> I'm gonna tell me on this number no more. My Y'all better just get killed. Wouldn't be me. No, never, never. <laughs> we will all meet at the IHOP or the Denny's, whatever's closest, if we're alive. <laughs> Listen, if somebody tells me there's somebody possessed, I just call Christina Miranda. Yo, girl, what's yeah, up? Yeah, clear it out. Look, <laughs> Christina Miranda, do America first episode. Come through. Right. Uh, my hot take, <laughs> my hot take is I wish people would stop sleeping on this damn movie because it's another one that deserves attention. We should be talking about it. Like I'm here for a movie that does not center whiteness. Um, and people are always, I can't get around to those, even though we were all at home watching Netflix and you skipped over this repeatedly. You saw brown people own that and go fix yourself. 
It's like if I, at, if I at 13, 14 years old with my curly ass hair, try to look like Sean Hunter because the TV just kept telling me that that's what girls wanted. Mm-hmm. You all can watch a brown movie. <laughs> I, I look, you know what I look like? Oh, you guys are going to understand the reference, which is great. Uh, you know Gary Oldman in Bram Stoker Dracula when he had the wigs with the two things? Oh, God. I look like, like I had a brown mouth in my hair. I did not. I did not with you. <laughs> if I did that to myself and thought that I was going to get any, you all can watch a brown movie. I remember when I broke out of homeschooling and was going to community college. When I broke out of homeschool and community college, I was there with the flatting iron every day on this shit, knowing it was gonna sweat out before lunch. But I was like, I gotta like, I gotta look like I'm blending in for whom? For what? Exactly. Then I came to the United States. I used to like, be, I mean, my hair is not super curly, so in the winter it goes a little bit down. But I was like, oh, this is my cute hair. And now I'm like, no, it wasn't. I get so mad. I look so cute with my curls out. Now it like goes dead. I look like a fucking rat. It's like. <laughs> <laughs> so you, not only did you make me the white one in the family, you fucked up my hair too, God. This is why I don't believe in God. My dad is black. My sister came with the nice, like the melanin. She came with the nice curls, like the tight curls, that the beautiful hair. And I come out here and like, looking like fucking Christopher Columbus with with Harry Almond wig. <laughs> member of your family. I'm mean, just speaking from experience for <laughs> It is not fun because people are always like, oh, is this one adopted? And it's like, I don't know. Do you know something? I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm not adopted because it's the same with my, my kid. Like my dad is the one that's black, but me and my dad look exactly the same. And my kid looks exactly like my dad. My kid is half Mexican. I'm like, how the fuck did you get the Puerto Rican part? He's so Puerto Rican looking at my lips. The only thing that's there from the mom is the eyes. Everything else here, yeah, my ears, my lips, my, in my body. I look at him, I was like, this motherfucker can Puerto Rican as hell. <laughs> that means that the next one is coming Mexican as hell. The next one is going to come out in a freaking burro out with a sombrero. I was like, yo. <laughs> Doing the grito, which is my favorite thing. The grito, I can't do it. I'm not going to do the grito. The grito is the screen they do. They are, uh, uh, I'm not going to do it. Because I actually, well, now I've been part of this Mexican family for 12 years, and I've seen them do it, and it's incredible. So I'm not going to fuck it up by doing it wrong. <laughs> I also want my father-in-law to see this, and just like, you know, we like each other. I don't, don't want to ruin that. There you go. There you go. Right. <laughs> so my hot take is changing. I, I, I still stand by my hot take for another film, for other films. But, like, I, I'm over the films making those, like, open-ended endings to be like, oh, there could be a sequel. And, you know, at the time, I thought that was what this movie did. But I, you know, have changed my perspective on that. So I think my hot take now is going to be something similar to, you know, as a white person watching this film, I watched it from my own lens. And I didn't get that ending. So I appreciate being educated and, like, explain from a different lens how that works within the film and how that works within the storytelling. So as white people, sometimes we just got to sit down and shut up and listen. But in anything, I will say you just got the same journey as Christina. It's the Mm -hmm. stripping of the idea of what you think, because we are so conditioned with American films to always have that sequel at the end. We don't Mm -hmm. realize that outside of America, people just tell one story. And if that story has a continuation, then maybe there's a sequel. Like, literally. like this is one story and it ends there but that's the thing it's like you just went to the same process like you saw the whole thing saw the ending and then realize oh no this is no. 
one movie's good enough. Like, Del Toro's not out like The Devil's Backbone too. He was like, I said The Devil's Backbone. We're done. No, <laughs> the devil's, that, that's another one that I almost said that was my favorite, but like, I don't get scared with them. From that one, I feel like my love. It's like love. I feel like... Yeah. like I like that movie. I don't get afraid watching the Del Toro movies aside from Mimic. Mimic fucked me up as a child and he needs to like pay for my therapy. But aside from Mimic, I don't get scared of his movies. I'm just like, this is really beautiful and artistic and like cool. He does, he does what Poltergeist tried to do. Like, yes. don't, let me try, don't let me wrong. I like Poltergeist. I, I used to love it. Then I saw it yesterday for the first time in 10 years and I was just like, oh man, Steven Spielberg really tried to commercialize the fuck out of horror on this. <laughs> this is just like a ruined version of horror. Like... There's cool moments, but there's like a lot of moments where they're explaining what are seances and these things, and then the spectacle, the spectacle come through, and all that. Oh man, I forgot what I was going with, with this. What were we talking before? Del Toro, um, and how he did what the poltergeist wanted to do. Wait, wait, what was it before? Um, Del Toro's movies and how. Oh yeah, his so movies like they tried to commercialize and make this family-oriented movies, or like take genres, and Del Toro just—he doesn't make horror movies. He's just that he knows how to tell stories in the horror genre only. He makes dramas. He makes yep. romance like The Shape of Water. He makes fables, political fables like Pan's Labyrinth. All his movies are some other genre that live in a horror world. It's like somebody taking the Universal Monsters world and decided to do a film noir. Yes. That's what the Toro does, and that's why it works so well. The Devil's Backbone is nothing but like a ghost story, but it's mostly like just like a military drama. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and I live every damn time. Aside from Nightmare Alley, Nightmare Alley was too long, and I was like, mm, "We disagree." Finally, good for us because it's been a long relationship. But it's, um, it's, it's the one thing. It's like I give Nightmare Alley for one thing. It's like it's his passion project. He earned it after all these years, and yes. then he gave us Cabinet of Curiosities, which has been wonderful. I cannot wait to start it. I was supposed to cover for Dre Central, but something fell through, and then I had to run to this festival, so I'm the last person that's going to get to see it, and I'm so mad, because I was waiting. Every episode I've seen, I've been like, damn. He deserves a show. He deserves an anthology, because, like, his movies are anthologies. Like, even the ones he produces, like The Orphanage, feels like an El Toro. I'm like, you just gave them money, but, like, it's got your thumbprints all over it, and I'm here for it. Yeah, that movie's amazing too. The orphanage. Oh. I love that movie. I love that I have movie. To say, yo, when you watch, if, if you have kids, watch movies that you've seen before again, because they will fuck you up even more. <laughs> now that I'm a father, and then, you know, the loss of a child really terrifies me. These movies have really stepped up for me now. Like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all. Okay, okay. Why did we do it to ourselves? Right. right. Care about somebody else and care? Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all. Well, that is our thoughts on the old ways. Thank you so much, Nelson, for joining us. Oh, it was such a pleasure. Watch the old ways. Yes. Watch brown people movies. Yes. Watch black people movies. Watch Asian movies. I mean, if you want to see real good horror, definitely watch Asian movies. Listen. Uh, <laughs> they are undefeated in my mind when it comes to horror in the last 10 years. Undefeated. If you said Korean horror movie, I'm hitting play. I don't need anything else. <laughs> <You> <laughs> <have> <laughs> I found the wailing that way. I found so many play films. The wailing, another one that is in the top Listen. 10. Listen. Have you seen The Closet? Ooh, The Closet. No. The Closet. Oh, the Closet. I, I don't even want to talk about it, about ruining it for you. I don't no, remember I where it was. Um, you want to do that and you want to do The Call 2020. I love the call. Yeah, I love that. Yes. But I tell the, of two uh, sisters. I tell of two sisters is out there, and people are like, oh, I, I watch American movies. Well, it's like my wife's favorite horror movie. It's so good. It's, it's so, so good. good. Yeah. 
Yeah. Like Sally, and this is an admittance at the end of the show. Sally, when I said I told the two sisters, I had done a gummy and I smoked weed. And uh, let me tell you, seeing that movie, that high is an adventure. I love, <laughs> I, I love an edible, but I would never take one before a Korean horror movie because. You need a fun horror movie. You're just going to get high. Don't watch one of the serious horror movies. No. Watching the always high must be fucked up. Listen. Right. listen. <laughs> I'd start seeing shit. I'd be like, oh, God, I'm a demon. You start punching a child outside without knowing you're thinking it's the devil. Right? You just like close your computer, turn your TV off, and light your sage, and you're like, I don't know what the fuck I did. Why? Let me see your teeth. Let me see your teeth. Hold on. Y'all should definitely find Nelson's work on New Play Exchange, whatever is still there. And if it's not there because Nelson gets published, rightfully so, then buy it. Nelson DM has plays you can buy. Buy a Nelson play. Um, start is. with the diplomats and thank me later. Um, so. When it goes up, I'm gonna be like, she did that. She did it. <laughs> <laughs> she, she saw a political three way play and a horror podcast somehow. Listen, also, hey, it's about the Trump election, horror as fuck. Listen, horror is, horror is political, horror is political. Um, and if horror it's not, it's probably horror bad. is nothing but political. Listen, oh, 100%. all hands, listen, the same as comedy. Everybody right. thinks comedy is to make you feel better. No, comedy was born to make fun of shit when yes. you couldn't like take it too seriously. So, like, it's people, right. in other words, just learn ain't not story here made to make you comfortable. Listen, Boom. if it's making you comfortable while you watch it, ain't, it. it ain't doing its thing. To make it comfortable, they took away the story. Yep. Right? Yep. So, again, thank you so much, Nelson. Next week, we're going to cover X with Jen Adams. Yay! Um, that'll be my second time watching that movie, and I'm excited to see if I feel the same way. I <laughs> love it, and I'm so excited to rewatch it for like the. Wait, you didn't like it, Jared? I liked it, but everybody else loved it, and I'm just like, there's a disconnect. I don't want to ruin the episode, so I'm not going to ask too many questions. Um, we'll talk about it. We're going to talk about it. I, I hear the episode. I'll listen to the episode then. I'll, I'll, I'll get my my question answered next week. There you awesome. go. There you go. <laughs> That's going to continue our look at this year because a lot of movies happen this year and we haven't talked about enough of them. So we're going to kick it off with X because Kid Cudi's there. So why wouldn't we? <laughs> Hello. Yeah, it is. Oh. <laughs> it's a good time. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> Listen, <laughs> Listen, for many Kid reasons. Cudi. Mr. Cudi. Go. Come see me in the office. Oh, it's no, I'm Mexican. Yeah, anyway. Mexican. <laughs> so there you go. The old ways, baby. <laughs> 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 But again, thank you so much, Nelson. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And as always, make sure you stay fierce out there. Bye.